I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! So, what is it? So what is it? So what is it? The Red Dwarf Podcast! Hello, hello, and welcome to So What Is It? A Revenge of the Surfboarding Killer Bikini Vampire Girls podcast. So, <laughs> great. Hi, guys. How are you? Um, is Matthew here? And who have I got with me today? Who have I got with me today? Oh, look, there's Matt in the corner down there, and there's, there's a Matty over there, and there's Dan, too, the usual crew to pick over the bones of the episode legion how do we get on with this one guys give me a thumbs up this would be good for the listeners yeah several <laughs> thumbs that's good <laughs> oh dear matt how did you get on with this one did you enjoy it i did I mean, yes i mean i'm gonna assume yes uh, to be honest i, I mean like, we ask that question we say this every week don't we, we say oh yeah i enjoyed it well, i should hope so we're doing a booming podcast about it but uh, good i'm glad I'm, gl- I'm gonna come back to you in a minute matty how'd you get on um, I think I have a new contender for the number one spot. Oh, what? A number one spot of what? This series? Um, of of j- total so far. What, better than Meltdown? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> bloody loved this episode. It was great. Wow. I, I, well, I'm very pleased to hear it. I'm surprised in a way, but I'm very pleased. Dan? Agreeing with Matty doesn't always sit well, but, you know, <laughs> it, this was an absolutely brilliant episode. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to pull you up just on pronunciation, though. It's Legion. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, some do say it like that, if they want to sound a pretentious git. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's good. It was a really solid episode all the way through. It's sort of like it was uh, bang, bang, bang all the way, I, I felt. Let's take some of those moments. There's plenty to choose from, I think. Dan, I promised I'd go to you first. Have you got a favourite moment from this episode? I have a favourite moment from this episode, which is one of my favourite moments from Red Dwarf. Oh, wow. I love it. Which is the exchange as they get into further and further pickle, and uh, Rimmer demands that they go to Red Alert. And Crichton turns and says, uh, Sir, are you absolutely sure? It does mean changing the bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I knew that was coming. I got excited because it was the episode that that happened in, and I still giggled. <laughs> Probably like I did when I heard it the first time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was waiting for that one, uh, really, and I assumed that would be on someone's list. Yeah. Now it's already gone. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go next then, as that one's already been taken <laughs> by people. Um, but um, yes, I, I, I always enjoyed the uh, the light switch exchange. <laughs> <laughs> it's simplicity. It's bold, stark lines. Pray, what do you call it? The light switch. It's not for sale then. No, I need. <laughs> To turn the lights on and off. <laughs> oh dear. Matty, I, I know this is your favourite episode ever. Yeah. Did those lines contribute to that we've already mentioned? It's funny you just said that because that I need them to turn the lights on and off was actually that was a, a pause need to a moment to laugh moment that was. I lo- I loved that line. I bloody loved that line. Yeah, my favourite um one of the other ones I got listened down is uh Lister broadcaster, all known frequencies in all known languages, including Welsh. 
This is Acting Senior Officer Arnold J. Rimmer of the Jupiter Mining Corporation transport vehicle Starbug. Now hear this, because it's only coming once. <laughs> we surrender totally and without condition. Thank you very much. Oh, additional. Sorry to take up your valuable time. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Bye. Bye. Sorry. Thank you. Bye. Matt. Matt, there's plenty left to choose from. What have you got for us? Oh, there's, there's, there, there are plenty left to choose from, so I'm just going to give one. Shout out to Space Corps Directive 34124. <laughs> 34124. No officer with false teeth should attempt oral sex in zero gravity. I love mm. the fact that there, sh there is a Space Corps Directive for that. And let's just face it, it is pretty much, you know, common sense, really. Uh, you would think so, but sometimes these rules need to be laid down, don't they? There's um, real wisdom in the Space Corps Directive book, as, as, as we found in, in episodes gone by. Well, funny enough, well, maybe... I mean, that, that, it, great, it is a great line, Matt. I've, I've, I've made a special list this week and for this episode, and I, I've, I've, I've headed it repeats or callbacks, uh, and it's quite a long list. Uh, this doesn't mean to say then it's necessarily bad, but we've talked about this lots, haven't we, over the, the series, um, about w when these things become uh, repetitious or not, or how much they rest on old jokes or not. And I've got a, a, a list of stuff, which maybe we'll get into in a minute. How absolutely divine, Lejean. Going on, Legion, uh, let's, let's, let's think about the concept for a second. Matthew, this is your favourite episode ever. Mm -hmm. um, I presume you like the concept. <laughs> I love the concept of it. It was actually, do you know what? There are a lot of the monsters and, you, you know, they come, they're, oh, they're, they're good, they're bad, they're dirt, all that stuff. This, I think, was actually a really great concept for a monster. I love the fact that he basically wouldn't have almost existed or it would have been almost shut down and he kind of takes bits of the people he's with. Um, yeah, I just thought it was actually a genuinely really good concept, a really good idea. And especially at the end, of course, how... Oh, well, I'm sure we'll get into it when they're all knocked out, because we've got to talk about that thing, because that was hilarious. And then it was just down to Crichton, and then to literally help him at the end. I, th I just thought it was such a good concept. I love that idea. Yeah, it worked very well. Did you remember... I mean, how much did you remember this, Dan? Did you... I I did remember this episode quite a bit. It's one that sticks it sticks in my mind, and I, I agree with Matty again. Oh wow! Not only was it a good concept, but um, unlike others that that I or others could mention, I'm sure it wasn't it wasn't riddled with holes. They yeah. had the concept, and they actually they set it out and they used it all the way through whether they felt their way and, 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 and tied it up neatly or, or it was always planned that way. But it, he came, he came about once he'd worked out who they were and then Crichton again, used that, used that logic uh, in that, in the scene that we'll talk about. I'm sure it was just a really. Crichton knows. Of course he well, does. Of course Crichton knows. <laughs> of course Crichton knows. And that, as you said, you know, it's a callback. It's now I'm laughing when Crichton knows the answer to a question, partly because we're laughing about it every week now. Um, I don't know that it was always written as a joke. Crichton knows. I do? You suspect the truth. But no, the concept here, Legion... I think it was quite knowing. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I thought really, really well thought out and then very well executed. I do think Imagine. it was Stephen Fry briefly. No, I no, I agree. I thought it, was, it does sound like Stephen Fry, doesn't it, really? Good I agree. Fry. I mean, I couldn't place the voice, but it sounded very familiar. Okay, so... Funnily enough, Legion was meant to originally be voiced by Stephen Fry. 
Blimey, well, they got someone who sounded quite like him then, didn't uh, they? Yeah, uh, Nigel Williams, um, who's also been in Target, Casualty, Secret Army, Afternoon Play, uh, you know, not big names anywhere. All the classics. All the classics. Midsummer Murders. <laughs> I mean, he's oh, really just been in a bit of everything. Midsummer Murders. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Who really... hasn't been in Midsummer Murders? <laughs> So a question about the, the concept then. When, when he turned into Crichton at the end, he looked like Crichton. All the other time he had his, his nice uh, leotard on with his tube in his mouth. And when he turned into Crichton, he just became Crichton. Should he have just become Crichton at that point? He said it didn't have any holes. This is a hole. I don't know how much of it was a hole. I think the whole, <laughs> his entire construct was 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 rendered from... From what he was, what he was cohabiting with at that time, and obviously to hide from them that he was made up of them, he, he devised this costume that made him look like something else, and you couldn't see his face. So I don't know. I think it was okay. He was now only being um, generated by Crichton, so he looked like Crichton. I'm prepared Fair to go. Enough. Fair enough. Well explained away. Well explained away. Matt, do you agree with Dan there? I don't know. <laughs> 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 Um, no, I, I kind of thought, why isn't it just Crichton's face? Why is it not that sort of, you know, silver kind of Teletubby body thing? Yeah, I can, I can see, yeah, why that would be a would be a plot hole. I don't know. It's not, it's not a plot hole. It's a convenience, okay. isn't it? Really, it's, it's just yeah, a, yeah. yeah we they've, they've got to faff about, kind of, you know. I you must fit Robert Llewellyn in that costume. <laughs> probably not to be fair, <laughs> but I did find a hole. I was about to have found a hole. Um, a white hole. So what is it? I've never seen one before. No one has, but I'm guessing it's a white hole. A white hole? Man. So what is it? I was about to have found a hole. I've never seen one before. No one has. Uh, no, I did not find a white hole. It was better than that. So, Legion... You know Legion removes um, the appendix? Uh, the second appendix that Lister has, you mean? Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, I really... Yeah, it was thanks for the memory. You already said he had it removed. So there's a hole yeah, right cause, there. Yeah, uh, because uh, Rimmer, when, he's, when he is Lister, says, oh, I remember getting my appendix removed twice, doesn't he? Yeah. I, I think it has been explained. I, I think there was a, a, a sort of weird kind of explanation just of or the fact he had two appendices is that, is that you're saying appendix plural appendices appendices yeah. yes well they do say they do say that it can grow back really well there have been sort of thick cases where a an appendix like structure has regrown on some people's um mm. intestines i believe Wherever it is, should we call that a, a continuity issue rather than a, a hole as such in this individual episode? I mean, but talking about that, uh, Matty, um, the light bee. What's your response to the light bee? I mean, it was important for this episode, but it's actually a big change, isn't it? The light bee. What's the light bee? Oh, it's his favourite episode. Rimmer's, doesn't know what happened. I'm giving you... Rimmer's light bee. Oh, 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 yeah, the little, the little thing. Yeah, the little mm. thing they put. Yeah, well, obviously, I didn't. I just thought that was obviously where the um, hologram was coming from. But now he's been turned into a hard light, mm. so a soft light. I mean, I think that was probably a, a good idea because let's face it, there's only so many times that he actually has just touched things and they've kind of just not thought about it. Um, so the fact they've kept that, in, I think, is quite a good idea, a good little way of just going. Okay, if we just put this in, he can now interact like everyone else, and we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, I, mean, I think we mentioned it quite a long time ago on the podcast about 
things would change a little bit. And I knew it happened here, but I couldn't remember if anything happened beforehand. But yeah, it's been a long time coming in a way, hasn't it? Yeah, so I suppose so. I mean, for it was definitely some. I it was one of those things. I just thought, are they just going to slowly? red dwarf it in the way they're just going to kind of forget about it and just say oh, you can now touch things and that's it but no they actually put something in the story now so it makes sense but it, and it also provided another funny scene really i remember when when i first watched this i mean i'm, I'm glad you responded to it so positively i remember loving this episode when i first watched it i don't think i i mean i still do still love it but but um uh, i don't find the things i found as funny quite as funny uh, now i don't think but i remember finding that when Crichton was hitting him over the head with the pipe and all that. Yes. Really hilarious yeah. when I first watched it. I did. I found it hilarious <laughs> that time. It was, it was it's slapstick, another... wasn't it? It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it, it was good. It is good, yeah. Won't feel a thing. I'll render you unconscious using the Ionian nerve grip. That's not an Ionian nerve grip. That's smashing me over the head with a vase. There's no such thing as an Ionian nerve grip. Now stand still while I hit you. There was some quality slapstick in this episode. There was. You know, especially with the... With the what those those um, crazy chopstick things, the Mimosan zero gravity chopsticks. Oh, well Thank you, down. Dan. Well written, Thank down. Thank you, Dan. Dan. <laughs> yes, oh. there, there was some some really good uh, slapstick and the uh, the telekinetic drinks. But I have a question for everybody. Go for it. What would your telekinetic drink taste like? Is it supposed to taste like your favorite? You know, your favorite thing. Mine would Which be aqu- with, mine would be Aquarius. Like what does Dan? Aquarius taste like? I don't even know what Aquarius is. That uh, tastes like. If you were in the backstage a, in any of our shows, you would have known Aquarius very well. Yeah, it's a lemon. It's a lemon sort of still isotonic drink that they do in Spain, mm-hmm. Spanish countries. It's really, really nice, but it, it, it's it's got to be served really cold. It's yeah. it's it's really nice. Mm. Dan, what would yours taste like? A, a, a very fine ale, I suspect. Well, depending on what I felt like at the time, I, I guess a, a cup of tea. <laughs> a cup of tea. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to drink a cup of tea like Crichton drank a cup of tea. I mean, that doesn't work. Well, you don't, I certainly you wouldn't want to drink it the way this did. No, certainly no. not. I mean, I was going to say about the, the I mean, that was a, uh, that was an example of that. Is it funny because you know it's going to splash in his face? I mean, you know it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, as you, as you said, when we um, had our previous masterclass on, on slapstick and comedy generally, um, it works in panto because you know it's coming. And I think that was a, a good example. They'd already had a food fight. Quite entertainingly, almost all the food ended up on Rimmer, of course, which, uh, which, was, which was funny uh, as an extra joke. Um, and yeah, you absolutely knew what was going to have to list, happen to Lister, but it was funny. <laughs> I I said that there was there was one point about the slapstick that I I didn't like as much and and that was um I loved Lister um going across the table and then in his long johns you know his legs going up and everything but I didn't like the cat going down the table that that, that didn't quite work for me really but that was only a minor thing no, I was going to say, the only thing that reminded me, for some reason, all I can think of with the chopsticks and saying don't cross them, I was thinking of Ghostbusters with don't cross the streams. That's all I could yeah, think of. Yeah. I did wonder if that was a Ghostbusters reference. It yeah. Was, yeah. Definitely put me in mind of that. Yeah. You can't, you can't help but think of that, I think. Uh, another thing, of course, that Crichton knows about. Yeah, of course, just knew about it. Well, well, well that's, that, that's actually fair enough because it was there because Crichton had always wanted to try that food. So legion knew about that so that's why they had that food isn't it yeah so that that actually does fit in 
quite nicely, really. Um, talking of masterclasses, that did make me laugh when he was going on about the uh, the criteria, the ten fulfills all the ten criteria for a masterpiece. It's all right, and there's the <laughs> shitty statues around. <laughs> because he has a connoisseurship and he knows these things. Just because I look like Herman Munster's stuntman doesn't mean to say I can't appreciate art, sir. I don't know, but the art was pretty ropey. <laughs> It was probably knocked up by some set dresses as opposed to them, you know, borrowing from the uh, Victoria and Albert. Possibly. possibly. Mannequin torsos that had been varnished. But maybe that was sculpture made by Dan Quayle. Maybe that's his oeuvre. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that made me laugh. Dan Quayle. That made me laugh. Absolutely. Yes. Which would have been quite pertinent at the time, wouldn't absolutely. it, really? I'd hate it, but, uh, but no, it was good. I think if he's remembered for anything, he's remembered for not being one of the finest minds of any century. So it, it probably still just about worked. Obviously, apart from Matty, don't worry, later on we'll explain who Dan Quayle was. Okay, thank you. Not quite in the same league as uh, Stan Laurel, is it? But, you know. No, you are probably forgiven for not knowing who Dan Quayle was. Well, he would have only been three when this episode was out, so he was probably, I don't know, gurgling away, walloping around in an app here at the time. Yeah. No, uh, and, as much mess yeah, probably at three. <laughs> now look, I'm 31 and not much has changed, to be honest. No. We didn't, well, we didn't want to say, but hey-ho. Okay, so I'm going to go and look at my list here uh, because uh, it, it's, it's something that's happening. Whether we think it's a good thing or a bad thing, we can decide later maybe. But there are quite a few things that are repeat jokes or callbacks or leanings on old jokes. The congealed sneeze, obviously on the screen, very similar to the, all the bits of grit mm-hmm. from Marooned, I felt. Obviously a swirly thing alert um, yep. is, is a, a standard way of announcing things now. I'm just going to add to that a couple of like list of gross-out things with Cat thinking that there's peanuts on the chair. Peanuts? No, I've been trimming my verrucas. I'm yeah. sorry, that's really quite hideous. <laughs> I like those little scenes. It's good. Obviously, references to Crichton abound now, don't they? Sort of like Butterpat Head and uh, Herman Munster's stuntman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know about Butterpat Head. That's a ridiculous one. <laughs> Rubber headed eunuch. Well, actually, that's more that's that's more factual than insult, isn't it? Really, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've me- you've mentioned the Space Corps directive. Oh, um, I loved that. We, we get we get more cat with his uh, I'm deader than A-line flares and all that sort of thing. Uh, we've had those sorts of jokes before. Um, Matty, I, have you got a, a little um, fact for that one when he's um, saying that? Because uh, Becky noticed something then. We had to rewind it. And then I've seen it mentioned on, on the internet as well afterwards. Oh, too. what, the camera? At that, uh, well, not the camera, but at that point when Cat's uh, saying that, uh, Craig Charles's mouth and the words... Is he? As he's doing it as well. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so notice that. You got go back and look at it. It's one of those things. I mean, most of us have uh, mouthed other people's lines when we're on stage, but a lot of yes. people do do that, don't they? You know, it happens quite a lot. But it's, it's I'm surprised. Really annoying. Let, yeah, but I'm surprised they let that slip through because it was quite a bad one actually. But they they must have just not noticed it, and then it was too late. Puncture repair kit came up. It's a oh, yeah, little like... callback. Or what's it? A flag down. Flag down. Flag down. Flag down. Oh, and yeah, taxi uh, and take a trip to Real Street. Yeah, the similar sort of a line there. Uh, obviously, Rimmer playing the uh, Rimmer, Lister playing the guitar. It, it is uh, becoming a common joke. It's always been there. We've always had the guitar stuff, haven't we? But it's, it's sort of two two episodes in. We've got an, a couple of guitar jokes. At Matt, least, that's at least that's that my tune. biggest my biggest complaint for the whole episode. Ooh, do you want to hold that for a second? Was, 
Oh, oh, okay, all right, okay. I will. No, I no, will hold that thought. I, I no, want to go to as it. you were. I've just as got you a were. couple of more items, and then I'm going to let you free. Um, Rimmer made reference to his boxing gloves. There's Nocturne boxing gloves, which is a great joke. But we ha- obviously we've had that with his younger self. Um, I, I, that's about it, really. That's at the. I just I, I just decided to make that list of things because it does feel like there's more of them now. Like I say, I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing, but it's a noticeable thing. I think it feels as though that they're, they're, they're hitting that that let's do this. That's good. Let's do this. That's a good joke. Let's do that. Call back. But then when you've got five series worth of good jokes to call back on, why not? And any thoughts, guys, on that? Well, it's not quite so obvious as like you know the sort of sitcom catchphrase type thing. It's kind of. I don't know, I suppose, reminding us of elements of their personality. But because they're all usually done or said in a different way than, as we talked about the sitcom catchphrases, which we've talked about at length before, because they're done, it's done differently, then it doesn't feel like that. It's just reinforcing elements of their personality Mm. or different quirks, I guess. But yeah, I like it. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's the sort of thing I was thinking. Dan, you got any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think they are close to being catchphrases. They're more turns of phrase and things that character does. And I think until, I mean, I noticed them in the way that you did. I didn't write a list, but I I, I noticed most of those. But I think I would say um, until I notice them grating, then keep keep them coming. I don't I don't think they, they're not catchphrases in that this character cat doesn't come in and go only me. You know, it, it's not like that. It's not, you know, if you think about sitcoms, okay, perhaps more in sketch shows, then characters are known by their catchphrase and really only their catchphrase. And you've got five to 15 seconds of build up to the inevitable loads of money or whatever their catchphrase is. And then everyone rolls around laughing and you move on to the next one. These are far more developed characters. And so we're seeing them. We, we, yes, they touch on this one, probably did have quite a few. But again, I still think they're finding new ways of doing it. They're not the same. And I think, I think that's what it is. They are developed. And there's obviously the danger of devolving in a way if you then just fall back on the catchphrases. And again, I'm not saying that's actually happened here, but it's a thought that occurs. Obviously, it's not a problem at the moment for you, Matty, because you enjoyed the episode. But, mm. but yeah, have you got anything to add? No, not no. I think everything that would be said has been said. I don't know that. why I ever go to you last. No, if, because if, if, know, if I go to you, go, last, go to me first. Your catchphrases. Oh no, you've just been all been said. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks. Now, Matt, <laughs> I did promise to come back to you about your bugbear. I've mentioned uh, my slapstick bugbear about cat going across the table. That was my one thing I didn't like that much. It wasn't that bad, but but I thought it would have been just as effective for him to just go a different way. Um, what was your bugbear? Again, it's very, very small and not really that important. It's more of a production thing than it is anything else. Oh, but it's important. basically when uh, Lister picks up the, the steel guitar and it's the shine from the steel. He'd obviously, um, it was lit at the wrong angle or he was holding it incorrectly. There was quite a big glare from it. And, it, you know, you did used to get that stuff on really old, I don't know, old comedy programs that have been studio made that there would be a glare from something and it would sort of make like a scorch mark for a couple of seconds on the on the screen yeah i didn't like that but again that's literally the only thing i could think of even Mm. his tuneless strumming wasn't that bad 
I can't say I um, noticed that to be honest, but um, but I, I'm used to watching old Doctor Who when there's all manner of uh, yeah pieces. And in modern day times, wrong. That, is it in modern day <laughs> now, times that's known as a Michael Bay. A Michael Bay, a, a lens flare, a lens maybe JJ Abrams. That's it, JJ Abrams. Why did I say yeah. Michael Bay? <laughs> lens flare. That, that's that's a yeah. Good, lens flare. Good term. Uh, Modern yeah. terms, so, so Matt, I, I know this was the best episode ever. Yeah. Uh, anything that you didn't like about it? Uh, no. Do you know what? Generally, I can't think of something that I didn't like about this episode. Um, Try I, harder. I, it, it's re- <laughs> <laughs> um, I spotted a, I spotted a camera. Did it, you? Yeah. Spotted a camera. Um, when, oh, mark it down. Mark it down. <laughs> when they're all sitting at the table for the second time, um, I wrote it down here. Yeah. Um, when, yeah, when they were sitting at the table the second time, you can see the camera um, halfway up the left-hand side of the screen quite clearly. When they first arrived at the place, I would love to know where that actually was, because it did look like a couple of... Over oh, the lifts and everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a yeah. couple of office buildings that I worked at in the late 90s. <laughs> it was very office building, wasn't it? It would look like it. Yeah. But, but it would have... I think it, that would have been extremely modern for the time mm. well didn't you say they'd just moved somewhere new recently every chance it would have been just the place that they were based and at, right? i have the answer um so that is the marco polo house um in battersea oh, okay there you go nice is that where you work matt no, I've only <laughs> ever been to London. I've only ever been to London a couple of times on, on day trips. Oh, I've never right. worked we, there. We, we discovered this, didn't we, on on a one of our other podcasts that when we're talking about going to see shows in London, and I and I mm. foolishly assumed that we all had, and you said, oh, no, "Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a couple of times on various coaches, you know, to, with David to look around museums and stuff." And Dan, did you notice anything you wanted to bring up in the in the idea of? Okay, it was a great episode, but no, and I'm usually. I'm usually struggle with this bit. I mean, I as ever, I found a few sort of things that I was like, that doesn't quite work, but don't worry about it, carry on, because I'm already laughing before I've almost finished the thought about something on the next joke. I mean, we get everyone, all hands on deck, swirly thing alert. Cat's nose has picked up something that isn't even on the scanner yet. Sir, is it possible you could have made a mis-smelling? He didn't notice the gigantic space station, which all of a sudden appeared, <laughs> for example. Um, but then they went on to say, oh, it's not. It, it was only a couple of G-gooks away. Now, have I missed it? Or is this a unit of time or distance peculiar to Red Dwarf that I've just not come across before? What is a G-gook? I don't know. Not silence, silence from the floor here. Mm. Uh, Sounds like something you'd buy in Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's a wardrobe. Talking of cat's nose, though, I'm... I'm I'm going to have to retract a little bit what I said last week when we were talking about, and I said, oh, you know, there's this sudden thing about Cat's Nose. Of course, in Series 1, I was thinking about this later, in Series 1, we have all the cat books and you have to smell them. So they have made reference to the cats and smelling before. Yes, it's not been his superpower quite, but it didn't come totally out of the blue it's just not been referenced very much but how do we feel about the cat and his smelling this week uh, is it just there to give him some extra lines and stuff to do that's still sort of my feeling a little bit if i'm honest mm. i feel like it's almost kind of just just remember he's he's a cat i feel like that, i think that's the point they, the reason they do those well, it doesn't really add anything apart from giving him a line is it because if he wasn't there smelling it it would just be an instrument on the ship and they'd get there anyway 
I, th- I think it's almost their way of differentiating him as a different character opposed to the others. Because I think if they didn't put little bits like that, little lines in, smelling lines, things like that, he would then just be another character. And if you look at each character, they all have their own thing. They are all very unique in their own way. I think the reason they do that is just to kind of reaffirm that that Cat is still different. He still has that side of him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's what I mean. But I think that's a very light thing, isn't it? And it is a, a couple of extra things that could be done without those lines. Obviously, he has his fashion stuff. We've gone through all that. He's vain, doesn't care about the others. That's run its course a little bit, hasn't it? We've done the this is mine, that is mine, his head or that. That's disappeared. And now we're going to the smell bit. So, so I, I, yeah, I think that's that's my only... It's not a complaint complaint, but it just feels a little bit... Mm, was it really necessary? Um, mm. And I will be interested now, I'm on this track of thinking about it, how long it will last. I can't remember whether it goes beyond this series, Dan. I mean, does it? I, I can't remember. I, I can't know either, but I, geez, third time. Uh, I agree with Matty. It is, it's the differentiation <laughs> between. Otherwise, he's just another bloke who's not very clever uh, mm. with the best world. I mean, none of them are, despite the fact that um, Crichton knows the answer to all the questions that are asked of him. You know, as I mentioned, I think when we're talking about, I think it's quarantine, he's not very street smart, so he doesn't sort of work things out all the time. He has a good moment in this when he outsmarts uh, Legion. But no, it's a differentiation and it gives, it makes Cat important. He's important Mm. to us because he's part of the crew. But we had the bit where, you know, they're taking it in shifts and piloting, given how hopeless they are at most things, piloting the ship to catch up to Red Dwarf, which is the arc of this series. Really important. Don't want to mess it up. And not only is is he is he trusted to do that, he's got his smelling, but he, he he's got the confidence now to walk into the cockpit and just and, and say it's a disgrace. In the earlier series he was just hanging out with Lister and it was great. Lister's great. I'm his mate. And he he, he was very much the the beta to, to Lister's alpha in that in that relationship. Now he's standing on his own two feet, I think. Mm, yeah, I agree. Yes, no, I agree. It's just whether it's a strong point or not, I suppose. Matt? Yeah, the, you know, I, I, I can see all sides of that of that argument. But then he does the... There's one thing that still baffles me, and Rimmer says, what's that? Everything. And that towards the end. So it's, you know, there are times when he's been, like, dim and gullible. Ah, yes, lo- that's reminded me as well. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Finish what you're saying. But I, I, I kind of, I find it quite endearing, to be perfectly honest, because there are some times when I feel incredibly clueless about things. Well, I've never noticed. Usually to do with tech. Usually to do with technology. <laughs> oh, you know, notice that. What one. did? What did? Sorry, what did? What was that, Mister Mason? Uh, uh, sorry, I'm breaking up. What's that? Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, I'm giving you a long, a long distance, um, hard, cold stare. Your video is frozen. I, I can't see it. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> no, the thing I was going to say uh, was, yeah, that was one of the poor jokes, actually, in this episode, was that I was with you all the way up to simply. I feel as though that's a, oh, that's an obvious joke. It's like, a, I mean, we were, we were just talking about Motherland before we started recording, and nearly every line in that is great. But then last week, they, or the last episode we watched, they did a get in a car i don't know how to drive and it went into reverse and it's all like oh oh my god don't don't put that joke in i mean that's just the oldest joke in the book that isn't funny to me it's all like oh no i can't drive a car i've gone the wrong way it's terrible we we liked it 
<laughs> well, it must. It's appealing to someone. So, what do I know then? But yeah, the joke. But that's the same with that joke as well. I was with you all the way up to simply. It's all. I like the everything part. The second yeah. bit later on, I, I like that. But but yeah, that, that was yeah. Just one of those jokes. I thought, yeah, okay, didn't quite make it for me. Yeah. So so, Matty, this is your favorite episode ever. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us another thing you liked then. This is not the last final round necessarily, but give us something else you liked. Come on. Just put me straight on the spot. Thing is, I, I, I'm, I'd love to say that there's a specific thing that I really like about it. I just loved the episode. I just thought it was a really good story. It was well put together. It was well done. Yeah, Thank you for that bl- precise analysis. bloody good. Um, <laughs> but, okay, let, let's go to the theme then. A perfect prison. Okay. So... You're traveling in deep space in Starbuck, going after a rubbish old ship three million years from Earth. You don't have company anyway. You get offered the chance, however much against your will, to be in a prison, but it's tailored to your every need. You can go down to a hollow deck to interact with people in whichever way you like. Let's just call it a sex deck, shall we? But, um, <laughs> you know, and yet they want to leave. Should they want to leave, is my question. Or would you be content living in this prison? This this is a valid question, you know, because I thought exactly the same thing. I was thinking, surely if they've got all this, doesn't matter if they're captured, right? They kind of got the life. <laughs> why, why do they want to go and find Red Dwarf when surely that ship is superior to Red Dwarf? Yeah, the, con- the concept of having your own free choice and, and freedom, I suppose, comes into it. Dan, you never did a philosophy degree. What do you think? <laughs> I didn't do a philosophy degree. No, there exactly. is something. There is something of the Odyssey in this. One of the many trials that Odysseus faces on his journey back. Oh, okay. You didn't do philosophy. You're going to go to Greek <laughs> literature classical, instead. Classical studies. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, and and of course they wanted to leave too. And why did they want to leave? Well, because that's the way that Homer wrote it. Um, and because then the adventure could continue. And I think that's probably where we are. Yes, they've been offered everything. Um, I mean, you know, you if they sandwiches. Paid, if they've been stayed for an episode or two, you can be probably fairly sure that after, you know, half another episode, Rimmer's prison would have become an actual dungeon because that's the way his mind works. We've seen it many times. Mm. But look, I, they, he was taking away their free will. And, yeah. and they are nothing if not free-spirited, our boys. So, um, yeah, I I didn't think about it as long as perhaps you did but that's that's where that's where I i'm think not saying it. i thought about it for a long time yeah, I, coming to the podcast it's sort of like let's talk about the theme that's what comes yeah. up um he is sick of it remember lister is sick of it um so yeah yeah to... no, it's a fair question hmm. so it is a fair question it is a fair question but to my to my mind i have to say there is no real sort of question there because be it by any other man the prison is still a prison and um it may be the most perfect hotel like prison but still you can't leave so to to my mind that would automatically make me want to leave you're right right caviar nibbling <laughs> books fizz let's talk about how to get out of this hell hole yeah but i think my conjecture is that their life has been pretty much a prison for quite a while hasn't it really they, they they can't leave the confines of Red Dwarf particularly, which is why they're always on Starbug. Um, <laughs> so 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 in a way that they have been confined in a in a worse place for longer. So yeah, yeah, I, th- I find that an interesting thought 
Um, well, yeah. Well, thank you for your for your entertaining that uh, theme of the week. There. It was a theme of the week. A theme of the week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anything else anyone wants to bring up at this stage before we possibly move on to wrapping up this episode? I mean, I'll go. I'll go around. Matty, it's your favourite episode ever. Yeah, it's so the other bit I really loved as well. I got to mention is, of course, the scene where they're all getting knocked out and um, he's unable to um, knock Rimmer out. So he's just keep knocking his head against everything. He's banging a head against his wall as he's hitting him with a stick in the back. That was a good old bit of slapstick. I loved that bit. Now, is is that a a, a possible contender for a a moment? You know, if we're talking about our end of series wrap up things, when we talk about moments. I think we're getting too many now for our top five, to be honest. But, but um, is that one of those moments? That is that a highlight of the episode? Definitely, yeah, I think so. Yeah, anything else you want to add? I, this was a gag-filled episode, and I think, with perhaps some exceptions, this series feels like when they when they wrote series six, they they had some really really good ideas in the interval between up to season five, and and a lot of these episodes feel like they're packed. Um, so I, I'm enjoying that. One of one of my favourite lines, and part of it was the delivery, if I'm totally honest, was when, you know, the Rim is trying to encourage Legion to join them. And he's talking about, we've been gadding around the galaxy. We've met 31 people. And, you know, it turns out they're ridiculous. And then it's 32. Well, one of my, uh, I was, possibly should say this for my uh, line I like at the end, really. But um, Is that not uh, what we're doing now? No, no. This is just bringing oh, something okay. to this. This is a general bring to rather than a specific line. But, but um, yeah. I just, I just love the way list was. get up and being all uh, this. Gets get out of this hellhole. Caviar niblet. Bucks fizz. <laughs> I think. I think in a way that's sort of like making a joke of of the thing I was just saying a minute ago. Really about having been in this perfect prison, isn't it? So okay. Before we go to a, a final roundup, then. One thing I'm always talking about, and talking of the holes, this comes into it. The ending. What do we think of the ending? I mean, obviously, to you, Matty, it's the best one ever. But what about you guys? Uh, <laughs> how, how do we take the ending? Was it, as I've written down, crap end, or was it okay? <laughs> it wasn't a crap end. It, you're wrong. Sorry. There you go. You're wrong. Okay. It was just my shorthand. It was my shorthand for let's talk about the ending. I'm assuming that, you know, I, I won't feature in this episode now. But no, you're wrong. It was it was a good end. And why? No, I no, might... it, it was shorthand. I'm not saying it's crap. It was my shorthand to discuss whether it was a crap ending. Right. Okay. I forgive you. No, it wasn't. I mean, it was. It was crap. But it uh, no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> let him speak. <laughs> you have to keep one of them in. It wasn't. Um, no, because as I said before, I liked the concept, really liked the concept of Legion, and I liked the fact that they they stay true to it throughout. And so when Crichton actually comes up with this plan, it was a way... We've talked before about how some episodes just seem to end really, really quickly. This actually felt like they wrapped it up. So for me, actually, this was quite a satisfying ending that, that drew it together. Um, there was a reason to fall out with him. There was a reason for them to want to leave the, the, the what was going to be a luxurious prison, and they needed to get out of it. Now, it was, and in this case, it was Crichton that came up with that came up with the plan, and we had the quite entertaining bit of him laying everybody else out. Uh, but I'm I'm talking about the engine on Starbuck yeah, yeah, yeah. as it flew yeah. out and crashed through, and they were all rolling all over the place. It, it's, it's that we we need to have this punchline ending rather than the story just ending. 
Well, this is it's it's kind of reminded me in some ways of the ending of um, with Lister falling down the hole. When um, Crichton's making the speech about, you know, um, we haven't we learned over the past two days that if we pull together, we can be greater than the sum of our parts. If we are one mind, there are no boundaries that we can't achieve, blah, 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 blah. And then that kind of space drive, star drive thing went bonkers and like breached the hull. And then there was the kind of wind effect. Oh, it does work, you know. Um, <clears throat> and I just found that bit really kind of like it was almost like it was an afterthought. And a bit, a bit rushed. I didn't think it was crap. I didn't think it was great. It was a bit sort of, oh, yeah. And, and that's what that's what I was referring to, really, Dan. I don't know if you uh, mistook what I was asking. Oh, it, yeah. it was it was the tag um, epilogue bit I was talking about. The how do we finish this episode with a joke type thing? And like I said, I, I wasn't really saying it was crap, but it was sort of like, uh, it was, yeah. I've said before, and I totally appreciate it's difficult to get out of scenes and it's difficult to get out of episodes. Sometimes you can't just drop it when they're being rescued. So, yeah, so they put this little coda on the end, don't they, Matty? They do, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't say that the ending was deader than Tank Tops, but um, it was it, it was great. I, I actually quite liked it. And, I, I yeah, I, I, quite, I had a bit of a giggle at the end. In fact, I think when they were talking and then I think just towards the end, you just see Cat kind of just fly along the background. Yeah, the cat that, rolling. Yeah, just, just as it's fading <laughs> out, you just see the cat just fly across the back. That really made me laugh. So I actually really liked the ending. Yeah, no, no it, did, it did give a bit of a giggle, but it was just... <laughs> just on that, though, it was a bit of a postscript. It wasn't strictly necessary, but I did think they executed it well. Because for, for me, yes, you've got the visual gags with that. You you absolutely knew that, that, that something like that was going to happen because they'd essentially told you that was going to happen. So this is, oh, I hope I don't get this custard pie in my face. In this case, it was, oh, I hope this thing that could solve all our problems doesn't go horribly wrong. So, of course, it will. The best bit for me was crying do we believe? Do we believe? Which yeah, I thought he absolutely nailed that. So yeah. it wasn't crap. It wasn't as good if they could have ended it by just blasting out with, with Starbug from the space station. Maybe they looked at the runtime and thought, we need this as well. But I didn't think it was a crap ending. There we go. Final word on the matter. Um, talking of the pool um, and discontinuity um that was something we we didn't bring up in that episode in series five when uh lister talks about playing pool with planets when he ate his pot noodle do you remember he said i've i've, I've given birth to twins i've pay, played pool with planets but at the end of the episode when he plays pool with planets mm. they forget everything anyway that's a few episodes too late <laughs> oh yes of course yes <laughs> they did yeah. but, but i hey, remembered but... But uh, they just sort of came round. Okay, then let's. um, I mean, if we've got nothing else um, too much to say about the episode, it's time for our final round of things we loved. If we've got anything left, Um, yes. So same same orders before. Then let's keep it neat. Dan, what do you got? No, I'm not cutting off Matt. He's itching. He's desperate. Is he? Is he itching? Well, okay. We'll skip yours and then go to me. (laughs) So my. My my uh, other favourite one, which I should have mentioned at the start, really, was um, Rumor going, thank you, bye, bye, thank you, bye, no. bye. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> I loved that. Uh, yeah, we surrender. 
<laughs> That's a fab moment. That is a fab. Oh, sorry, Matty. Sorry, Matty. But it is your turn now. Unless you want to sort of like. That was the last thing I had written to... down. That was my last was... thing. Oh, no. That's a shame. It's a shame it went to me. I mean, let's face it, for anyone who's going to say it, it's going to be you with a, okay, yeah, 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 yeah okay, bye-bye, bye-bye. <laughs> Is that, I think, again, it's that, that's, oh, God, I'm far too much like Rimmer. <laughs> you have a lot of Rimmerisms to you. Oh, I know. More, another box. I don't, think you're quite as, I don't think you're quite as cowardly as Rimmer is, but there are sometimes it's like, oh, God, I can totally hear Matt saying that. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Right, and that's all we've got time for then. No, no one's going <laughs> to... You got anything else, Matt? Yes, yes, yes. I did think Lister had a couple of really, really good lines. Um, and this just was the one, fine. Just with... the one line we want. I want one moment in time. <laughs> no, no, okay. So, yes, I've just choose. Uh, oh, this is the presumptuous, interrupting. I have, you know, <sighs> had all this with my older sister. Um, but I was about to say I had just chosen the one. Um, oh, great. Lister talking about um, when the, the morning after when they're, they're talking about and the, the nights that they've had. And he said, well, I get around to writing my good psycho guide. This place is going to get raves, good food, accommodation and nutter, psycho raiding, four and a half chainsaws. <laughs> Wasn't the diuretic camels then? Um, no, that, that I'm surprised someone didn't mention the diuretic cameras. I have actually. I, was, I mentioned it because I haven't had a Becky reference this week, and she went, "Oh, they're liking their one-liners this week, aren't they?" <laughs> As they were slamming them in there. Sorry, Dan, that wasn't your last word, was it? It, it was what I was going to say, but oh shit! No, I think no. We need a Becky reference. It's all. It's all good. No, I, it was um, a return of Melado, or Meladio. Uh, after... Meladio, yes. Rimmer gets his light bee repaired, which is uh, you better have a mighty good explanation for what you just did there, Meladio. And, uh, <laughs> and we haven't had a Meladio, or didn't feel like we've had a Meladio for a while. Um, I think it was just the once in Terraform. Yeah. So I, I any any form or derivation of of, of Melado or Meladio, um, I'm on the lookout for it, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, brilliant. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for in, indulging my my thoughts and my interrupting ways today. Um, I think you've also brought something valuable to the episode, which is nice. So <laughs> they're all quiet. They're all being very quiet. They're very well behaved. We're a pretty damn fine top-notch team. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's probably... Uh, was that a little Boys from the Jaws signal you did there? Matthew? It was, yeah. Excellent. Okay, It worked out really well. Um, <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> It's goodbye. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, at that moment, it didn't, it, that was boy from the dwarf. That was son you lot. Just, <laughs> just the one boy. <laughs> boy from the dwarf. Anyways, goodbye from me, Matthew. Goodbye from me, Matt. Goodbye from everyone from all countries, including the Welsh from me. <laughs> goodbye from me, Dan. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut something from another episode now, Matthew. <laughs> the Red Wolf Podcast. Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss?